Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. First, I'll start with, I know it's been two weeks since our last episode. We've been very, very busy getting students ready for their first hunts in the hunting season. Um, A lot of things going on this time of year. But we're going to get back to our regular programming schedule within the next week or so, so we should have episodes up regularly. Um, What can I say? Life goes on, things got to come first, and the students are always our number one priority. But I figure we'll just get right to it. And today's episode is all about getting more people involved in archery. It's something we've touched on from time to time, uh, but of late we've seen a lot more interest in archery in general, and we've been getting a lot more new people involved. And maybe it's because of the lockdowns and people being stuck at home, um, wanting to find something to do, find an outdoor activity. could be a lot of different things. To me, it really doesn't make a difference. The fact that they want to get involved is all that really... I need is an inspiration to help more and more people get started. But in any case, I thought that this podcast might be a little bit important, you know, for people to have a discussion about how you get other people involved and more importantly, how to keep them interested and keep them going. Because the fact is, if you get them started, then they'll get more people together. And before you know it, you have a whole lot more people involved in our sport. And that can only be good. Just touching on what happens in, in the hunting um, part of things. Just because you're getting involved in archery does not mean you can become a hunter. And I find that a lot of people start to sport for physical fitness. They started because they saw something they saw on the movies, something they saw on TV, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. But in the case of hunting, because as many of you know, I'm a hunter safety instructor. The problem we see there is we see our numbers shrinking and shrinking every year. And that's because generally it was always taught from you know, one family member to another, and they never really found that, you know, if you skipped a generation, okay, then it was gone from that family for the most part. Um, and if it, if you didn't have someone directly involved in your family, you probably didn't have anyone to teach you in the first place. But now things have changed so much that it's a lot more open to us and a lot more people can get involved. And what we don't want to see happen in archery in general is as opposed to what's been happening in hunting where the numbers keep going down, but we're doing our best to keep them going up by getting more and more young people involved and people from different walks of life involved is we don't want to see archery fade away. You know, now we've kind of like on that bottom of the bubble where we're trying to see it go back up. And that's what we really want. The worst thing that could happen is if less and less people are out there, you know, the archery business as as a whole manufacturers industry, that sort of thing. They're all, they're all hurting right now. The pandemic has hurt shops that aren't open. Um, people just can't get access to stuff. And I know we complain about the online vendors, like killing all the shops and all that. And it's a big thing. It hurts a lot of different people from all walks of life. But at the same time, right now, if we spread it within ourselves, we can bring that back. We can help to revive the industry, help to keep our sport going. Because remember, if the industry is not out there anymore, where those companies go out of business, who's going to make the arrows? Who's going to make the bows? So that indirectly, by bringing more people into this, you can get them to be supported, which means they continue to go on, and you get your own supplies and stuff like that. You still have the supply line going. So it's going a little bit off topic, but that's why I think it's another reason it's important to get more and more people involved. But I digress. So we'll, we'll get back to this. So like I was saying, for years, Archie was something that you saw in the movies, you know, Robin Hood or Hawkeye from, 
um, from cartoons and TV and stuff like that. And more often than not, it, if someone was a shooter, it was more likely because their father or someone else in their family was a bow hunter and taught them how to shoot when they were very young. But outside of that, like I said before, it wasn't all that easy or common to find places to try archery. Now, fortunately, thanks to the Internet, which has its good and bad, don't get me started on that, uh, people can learn some basics online, order equipment online, and get started on their own. It's not always the best way to go about things, but for sure it's added to our numbers. So the question still remains, how do you get more people involved? If you look at my posts on Facebook or Instagram, you can see that I work with a lot of kids. Kids is pretty much what I'm all about. I work with a lot of adults, but the kids are my big thing. Sometimes it starts as just an activity that they want to do because they saw it in a movie, like I said, uh, and we get a lot of that. Other times it's because the parents want to get them off the video games. And I see a lot of that. I can think of 10,000 reasons why some people come down to get started, and that goes for both kids and adults. Um, but the key thing is to get them started in the first place. Now, many will be surprised to find out that once a child starts shooting, it's not all that uncommon for the parent to want to give it a shot too. Um, they often see how much fun their son or daughter is having and want to give it a go themselves. I mean, I can tell you at least four or five examples in recent months where they brought a child down to me to try it. They liked it so much. They got their own equipment. And since the first thing I tell people is I'm not a babysitting service, when your child is learning, you are down there with them. And I don't care if you're whatever's going on, you're not leaving them with me. You're staying with them. You're watching everything that's going on. It's part of being safe. And you're actually seeing what they're doing. Okay, It's very important for the parents to be involved in the child's lives. And they see that the kid's having so much fun. Eventually, they want to try it. They want to get involved. And before you know it, they're asking me, like, can you set me up with my own equipment? And they start taking lessons together. And I have a lot of examples where the whole family now shoots together. And even though they're down with me from uh, maybe once or twice a month for a lesson, it's like, they go and they shoot together with their own targets and all that. And that becomes the family thing. Not only did they peel the child away from video games, if that was the problem, or, you know, you're stuck indoors during the pandemic lockdown, which for some reason is still going on, but that's neither here nor there. And, you know, what other people decide to do is their business. But you get out and you get into the outdoors. There's no place like that. And you get out of all that craziness at home and this is your release and for a lot of people it turns into like i have a bad day at work this is how i'm gonna let it all go channel that anger for me this podcast channels a lot of anger it might don't be that guy section but we won't get into that just yet we'll get into that later um now before you know it these people who have just started they're trying it out they love it they're doing it family starts it um they have, they'll tell their friends about it, and then it goes on from there. Then I get people bringing their friends, bringing their family. A um, lot of different ways it happens. And a common thing that I always seem to hear is, you know, it's something I always wanted to try. You know, I saw it in the Hunger Games and that sort of thing. But they were afraid, afraid to spend the money, you know, to try something, buy equipment, try it out, and only to find out, oh, I blew all that money for nothing because it wasn't something I liked. 
And you have to admit, that sort of thing is a blocker for a lot of different activities. I mean, let's just say you're watching golf on TV. You can probably go and rent some golf clubs, you know, for miniature golf. It's not the same thing. But if you want to get involved in really playing golf and lessons and all that, it might be a big financial investment. Archery is not kind of like that. I mean, you can get involved with a recurve bow, a starter recurve bow, and some arrows and all that for all under 100 bucks. It may not be the best quality, but it's all about what you want to get out of it. If you're just looking to have some fun, you don't have to go all that craziness on there. We started our program for the Try Archery for Free program because we thought it'd be a way where if people can come down with no strings attached, they don't have to buy equipment, they don't even have to pay to, to try it, and they see it's something that they like, then they can decide what they want to do. They want to keep taking lessons where we still provide the equipment, but they didn't want to get their own stuff. So now all of a sudden, there's no risk to it. And that's how we grew it. And over the past year, it's grown so much that, you know, usually we just have appointments available on the weekends and that sort of thing. And now our slots are pretty much all booked up all the time. So that's been great for us. Um, it's great to see the growth and all that in there. But let's just say that you you are an archer already, whether you're a bow hunter or a target shooter. I think you'll find out more than not that the people that you hang out with at the range pretty much all have the same interests as you if you're a bow hunter. If you're a target archer, you're all together at the target archery range for a reason. You're all doing, they're doing the same thing. And sometimes, more than not, it's one of those things that you do and nobody else knows that you do it. You know, I don't go around with it. I don't have a tattoo on my arm that says, I'm an archery instructor. Hey, ask me if you want to have more information. I'm not a walking billboard. But most people do tell, you know, do ask me, like, what is it you do? You know, like they see me pulling out of my driveway every morning on the weekends. They're like, where is it you're going? I'm like, well, I'm going out to the archery range. You got to teach some lessons. And they're like, oh, you do that? And it goes to the same thing where I'm saying that if they don't know what you're doing, they can never get involved in it. So sometimes it, it's on you as the archer to try to get the word out there. Granted, I know in this day and age, some people are pretty antisocial. It just comes with the territory. I've seen it before. But let's just say your child's involved in archery and you see how much fun they're having. Don't you think they'd have more fun if they were doing that with their friends too? I mean, their friends are playing video games or whatever. You know, they don't want to feel like the odd man out, but at the same time, they're like, you know, if they got brought their buddy over to do it, you know what I mean? Maybe he likes it. Before you know it, they have their own little click going where they got, you know, and I've seen it happen where I start out with two kids that I'm training, and all of a sudden they bring their friends and they bring their friends. And before you know it, I've got 10 kids all together who all know each other who through one way or another they're, they're, all like, they're like their own little pandemic of archery because they start spreading it. And once one catches it, the other one catches it, and the other one catches it. And you're always going to have those people that start and, you know, try it out for a little while, and then it kind of like burns out in them. But that's where it comes to our next part of how do you keep them going. So going back to the Facebook and the Instagram post that I do, if you look at it, you'll see a lot of different pictures of a lot of different people. But especially when it comes to the kids, you're always going to notice that there's always something different. They could be shooting at a regular target. They could be shooting at a zombie target, an ogre, something like that. 
I'll make it harder for them. They'll, they'll shoot at balloons. And you'll be surprised how that keeps them going. Because if you have them doing the same thing over and over and over again, then they're going to get bored or say that they get really good at it. They're going to master it and they're going to get bored. Or if they're not very good at it, they're going to get tired of it and they're going to get bored and they're going to want to get out. So it's a two-part thing. To keep people involved, you have to see that they are liking what they're doing. And I hate to say it, but in the modern mentality, instant gratification is a thing that a lot of people have to have or they're going to just drop something like a hot rock. See it all the time. And this is a problem that I see as a disconnect for a lot of coaches and instructors out there that for some reason they don't get. Now, I'll first define what I think is a coach or an instructor. And I know I'm going to catch flack for it. And personally, those of you who know me know I could care less what you think when it comes to what I have to say because I'm just going to speak my mind about it. But here's the deal. A coach is someone who actually takes and tries to mold a shooter into what they should be and watches them, is attentive to them, cares about them and about their progress and helps them along in their journey to become a better archer. Now, that does not mean you should be the person who takes a seat, says, do this, do that. Yeah, okay, you're dropping your arm. Um, yeah, I can describe this too many times because I see it all the damn time. For real people, if you're just there to collect a paycheck, get lost. You're not the kind of people that need to be doing this. And I find a lot of the parents, they're like, well, you, you're really like with the, with the kids individually when you try to do this. I'm like, yeah. Because not for nothing, while I can teach a group of people at the same time, be they children or adults, the thing is, if you don't give attention and enough attention, you're going to lose them. And if you're just barking at a kid, or barking an adult for that matter, you're going to lose them. So to me, a coach is someone who gives a damn. Someone who's going to be there for that person, try to make it interesting, Try to change it up. If they're having a problem with something, switch to another technique. Have enough intelligence to know this is not working, switch to something else. I just had someone come to me who has a left eye dominance problem, was working with somebody else for two years, and did not figure that one out. Not for nothing. I've seen this guy before, and if he crosses my path within the next few weeks, because that's about how much longer we've got outdoor season to go, where we actually it's actually warm enough to still shoot outside, it's not going to be pleasant. But besides the fact, if you had paid attention, we wouldn't have this problem. And this person was ready to give up. Nope. Fixed them all up. They're good to go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what a coach or an instructor should be like. So if that part of the equation is there where you have a good coach or instructor, it is possible to keep people interested, to keep it going. What works for some person doesn't work for the other one. If you get frustrated, you're going to want to give up. You want to bring more people into this. If you find out that you love doing this 
And every single time you're seeing you're getting better and better and better. Not only are you going to want other people to come with you to, to try this out, to say, well, look, you know, I can teach you. I can do this. I can do that. And you see how much fun I'm having. It doesn't get boring. I mean, you know what boring is? Boring is going down to the range, putting the same, the same target out there at 20 yards and shooting the same thing over and over and over until you blew in the face. I mean, how much of that can one person take? For real. Now, you want to challenge yourself? Put it out further. I know people in the Northeast think that shooting past 20 yards is a sin. Get over it, people. For real. Whenever you see one of my girls out there shooting 40 or 50 yards, don't come telling me, why are they doing that for? Because honestly, you're part of the problem. Make it different. I got zombies out there that they shoot at. And I'm not just talking about the kids. I'm talking about the adults. They shoot at my zombie. They shoot at my ogres. Why? You think it's just a kid's target? I mean, for heaven's sake, TV shows out there, The Walking Dead, okay? People ask me, can I get the same bow that guy uses on there? Like, Would you rather just shoot the zombie? Yeah. I happen to have one in my trunk. Let's go. And it keeps them going. So like I said, you got to keep people interested in this sort of thing. And at the same time, keeping people interested and keeping people involved in the sport, it's all important to foster that attitude that we're open to all kinds of people coming in to try this and helping all kinds of people get started. Because remember, like I keep saying, the more people you get interested, the more people they get interested, and so on and so forth. And I'll tell you right now, you're always going to have those people that are egotistical, arrogant asses that are involved and they scare other people away. So one part of expanding the sport is to tell those asshats to shut up, go to a different corner of the range and stay by themselves if they want isolation because this is a sport for everyone not just for them. And I know I'm getting a little bit tuned up. I'm going to try not to. I'm going to enhance my calm. But I run into more of those people than possible. You can, you can possibly understand. And they are like a cancer out there. And you have to, have to take care of that. And I'm telling you right now, if the overall feeling where you're going is one of acceptance and bringing other people into it, and it's all about having fun, whether you're a bow hunter or a target shooter, more people are going to get involved in that. And believe it or not, it's kind of like a shield to those, as I say, my favorite word, asshats who act like that, who think that they're so special and that nobody else should be doing this. Oh, yeah, I hear that one, too. Nobody else should be doing this except for them, because now all of a sudden you're taking up their space on the archery field. Yeah, come try tell me that when I got some students there and see what's going to get you. I'm typically a very nonviolent person. Well, that's not true, but okay, whatever. For purposes of this podcast, I'm a nonviolent person. And I will tell you right now, if I catch that another time, it's not going to end well. I'm going to embarrass you in front of everyone. And if you choose to take it another step, oh yeah, we can go there too. But I digress. Anyway, so those are the people you want to keep away from, from this. And believe it or not, if they see that everyone's having a good time, it's like garlic to a vampire. They will stay away. And who knows? Maybe we'll always keep them away. Or 
they'll just start to understand and they'll come back into the fold and be like everybody else and try to bring more people into this the right way. So that's what I'm talking about. Get more people involved. Keep it interesting. Change up your targets. You know, there's a lot of parts of archery that people don't even know are out there. I take people to my indoor archery range that I shoot at the club. And for most people, especially in the metro area, they think that archery is shooting 20 yards in an indoor range. They have no idea that there's outdoor shooting, you know, like target archery, 3D archery, field archery. How many people listening to this podcast actually know what that is? If you're an archer, you probably know about field archery. For other people, they have no idea what it is. You know, unknown distances, known distances. There's all kinds of games that you can do in archery that just make it fun and interesting. If you master one, move on to the next. Or try them all at the same time. There's different types. I mean, the the types of archery and games available are as vast as the types of bows that are out there, whether they're recurve, traditional, longbow, compound. doesn't make a difference. What I'm trying to say is there's something for everyone to fit them. Whether you want to be a traditional guy, you want to be the most technically advanced, you know, space age kind of guy, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. I mean, if you go on YouTube you're also, and you go to um, the Archery Supplies channel, you're going to see... Um, the guy on there, and he talks about, in one episode, he talks about archery golf. Granted, that might be something hard to do over here, but if you have a big open field and it's safe and legal to do it, I would say it's probably possible. And no, they're not shooting at a golf ball. But what it is, they set up a, a golf range, sort of one whole golf range, if you will, and they put a pylon out there and they put a tennis ball on top of it. And say it's a... 100 yards away if you want to start like that. And they shoot with a recurve bow, and they're just flinging them into the air, and they're trying to get closer and closer. And then when they get up to it, they they got to try to hit the ball. And if they miss the ball, then they got to try another another swing or another stroke from wherever that ball, wherever that arrow landed. It's just like golf. I would admit it's probably more fun. It takes a lot of time for sure. And... It's one thing that it's rapidly going to make you get better. Otherwise, you're going to have a score of like 100 when someone else got a score of 20. I mean, I don't know, but it's just one of those weird things that's out there. But it's different. That's why I'm saying this is something that everyone can do. So get your friends involved. Get other people involved. You know, don't hesitate to help somebody else. Because sometimes you're going to see people out there who have no idea what they're doing. And... If you've got some knowledge, and remember this, people, some knowledge is better than nothing for people who don't know anything about what they're doing. And if you can help them out in any way, if they're willing to listen to what you're saying, you'll do nothing but help them, make them have fun, help them have fun. You can't make somebody have fun. And that's the way the sport grows. More people get involved, more people get equipment, the manufacturers stay in business, the pro shops stay in business, and everybody is happy. And then maybe someday you'll see archery on regular TV, not just on YouTube or on cable TV. You'll see it on regular TV. You know, baseball, football, hockey, archery will be in that name. Right now we're not there, but if we spread it and we do right by each other, eventually you might see it. 
from there, who knows? Because the sky's the limit. So that'll do it about getting more people into archery and how to uh, how to keep them interested. Hope they didn't bore you too much, but I thought it was time that we did something like that. Um, but now we're going to go to our listener questions part of the show. And our first one is from MLA from Sweden. And he writes, love the podcast. I have a question for you. I've been into archery for a little, little over a year now, and I started with a bear bow. Since then, I've added a compound and traditional Asian bows, and I'm looking into both a longbow and an Olympic recurve. Really trying to be diverse there, which is good. Now the question, if I'm really trying to improve my bear bow game, will playing with all the other bows hurt my progress? Here's what I got to say about that, Emil. No, it won't. And I replied to you in an email, gave you this long, drawn-out answer. Yes, I do that to practically everybody who emails me, but if you want to know something, I'm happy to take the time to answer. Um, Like I said in my email, the way it works shooting different types of bows, yes, they are all different, and they all have slightly different techniques on how you fire them. You want to know if you know, using all those different ones is going to hurt your bare bow game. With everything else, if you concentrate on one, you're going to get much better at it. But with archery, it's a little different because since everything with your form, okay, is all connected. So think of it as you're the machine. They're just putting a different part attachment onto that machine, a different attachment in this case being a bare bow or recurve or compound doesn't make a difference. The basics are all the same. Your stance is the same. How you hold is the same. How you draw should be the same, though I can get into that one because some people think it's not. Um, your basic technique is the same. Think about it as your rifle and you're just shooting different types of loads for bullets in it. The bullets are all basically the same, same caliber with the load you're putting in is different. So the same thing. If you keep your core principles together, your core form together, It'll only help you advance. And I've actually seen it where people who shoot bare bow or long bow or recurve, they apply all their principles of the form onto that. They get good at it. When they go to shoot their compound, they're better at their compound than they were before. Why? You'd think that they wouldn't be, but because they're keeping all their principles together, they're, they're using form and focus, and the mental part of it never goes away. It's all the same. Because all of a sudden now they're not holding all that weight when they do a compound, like, wow, this got really easy. I've gotten actually better. I have a sight now. I'm hitting whatever I hit. Working with a longboard or one of those Asian bows, you don't have a sight, so you're learning to use different parts of your mental game to make it work for sighting. It all sharpens up your different senses. They say that if someone loses one of their, like their vision or their hearing, another part of the senses only becomes that much stronger. So you got to think about it like this. If you're shooting, okay, a different type of bow, yes, you are strengthening maybe other muscles depending on how you're holding it, but if you're keeping the form system the same, you're sharpening your mental part of it when you're aiming because you have to use your brain now to aim on how you're going to do it, not just putting a pin on something. Well, now when you get that pin together with the compound, it's all of a sudden going to aid you because now you can use the pin and your brain to make the calculations. And it happens in the blink of an eye and people get better with it. So I'd say, no, not at all. If you want to go ahead and work on your bare bow game, do that while you're doing everything else. It's not going to hurt you. If anything, doing the other types are going to help you, in my opinion, that is. And I find that usually that is the case. 
Our next listener question comes from Jeff P. And he writes, found your podcast while searching for information on archery. Any information I could find that is, and we've learned a lot just from listening. So thanks for that. I ordered bows for myself and my son, Kyle, from Amazon because there are no shops around us and the nearest one is three hours away. I find that this is pretty common. A lot of people think that, you know, you're you're in the city or something like that and, well, three hours sounds like a long way. Uh, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, we don't have shops on every block. Like I said, our sport, especially with the pandemic, has shrunk in the availability of the outlets where you're going to get stuff. So hearing from someone that the nearest shop they can get stuff from is three hours away, while you would think it's unusual, it really isn't these days. Um, let's keep going on. We have an outdoor range not that far from us and went there just last week. One of the old guys there took a look at our bows and said we need to get rid of them and get real bows. He said they were garbage. Oh, I know where this is going. And that we shouldn't be using them because we got them online and they weren't made in America. It kind of bummed my son out. He said if we weren't shooting a real bow like a Hoyt or a Matthews, we should just give up and we would never be able to hit anything. Oh, I love these people. We haven't been doing that great with them, but we've been doing okay and can shoot maybe 15 yards now. My son loves shooting too. I guess I'm asking if he's right and if we need to just bite the bullet and get something from a shop. Financially, we're pretty strapped, so I can't afford one for me, but I want to keep my son in this, so if I have to, then I'll do what I can. I just need to know which way to go. Can you give us any advice? Okay. Jeff, if you're listening to this, you know I emailed you back, I think, literally 10 minutes after I got this email because I felt it was important to get you a response right away. Um, and when I got this email, I saw this and frankly, I exploded. I was using profanities and stuff like that, smacking my head into walls. And I was very, very angry. But after I calmed down, um, I actually emailed them short time later. I FaceTimed them. I said, listen, I'm a real person back here. And I'm going to tell you, don't be discouraged by what you're hearing from these people because it killed me inside to hear that there's still people out there doing this nonsense. But at the same time, I also know that it exists a lot. And here's what I'm going to say. But getting back to Jeff and what happened with him, the next day they were going to go down to the range. I said, listen, bring your phone with you. Bring me up on FaceTime. And they're in a different time zone than me. So I think it, by the time I got the call, it was like, I don't know. My time was like uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. Didn't make a difference to me. But I FaceTimed with them. They, they did their their stuff. I helped them learn. They feel good about it. They understand what's going on with it. But the fact of the matter is this. You're always going to run down. To, you run into the people who like I've mentioned in many don't be that guy segments, if you're not shooting what they shoot, they think it's garbage. And unfortunately, they taint our sport. They are horrible individuals for the way they act. Maybe it's not their fault. Maybe that's the way they were just shown into it. Like, if you don't shoot a Hoyt, then you're not a man. I mean, for real, people. The fact is, and Jeff mentioned it in, in, his, uh, in his email, he says, financially, they're strapped. Not for nothing. They don't have a shop nearby. So their options were limited. So what did he do? He went online 
and he bought what he could afford. And if you listen to any of my podcasts, I always tell you, make the best out of what you can do that is comfortable for you, that is not going to put you in debt. If all you can afford is some Chinese-made recurve or even a compound that you find on Amazon, you shouldn't be looked down upon by somebody else because that's what you're shooting. And I get the whole made in America thing. And I'm all for stuff that's made in America because it's top quality and all that. But not for nothing, because it's made in America sometimes, the price is out of reach for a lot of people. If you look at the cost of the average bow right now, I mean, thankfully, like, I'm a PSC dealer. And their stuff is made for pretty much any price range. So someone can get involved with, with shooting in a full setup for under four or $500, whatever it is. But there are people out there where four or $500 is such a high amount of money. It's either what are they going to do, choose to not eat or not pay the rent so they can buy a bow? That's not going to happen. But have the, if they have the ability to buy something online, whether it's a recurve or a compound, and they find something that fits what little money they have, and a parent's going to make a sacrifice for their child to do that, and even to do that with them, then who are you to say that that's not good enough? For real. So any of you who are listening to this out there, who may be in the same situation, I don't care where you get your stuff, whether you get it secondhand, it's given to you. You buy it on Amazon, and it's a $100 compound bone that you find somewhere. I don't care. The fact that you're starting out in it, don't let anyone tell you that that's garbage. It is to you what it is to you. One man's garbage is another man's treasure, and that's the whole fact behind all this. So don't let anyone talk you out of that. Use what what's for you. Use what you can afford. Don't go into debt because someone said you should do it. And like I told Jeff, what you got is going to work. I can teach you to shoot with a $100 bow. I can teach you to shoot with a $1,000 bow. And funny thing is, most of those guys with $1,000 bows can't shoot for their lives anyway. But again, I, I digress and I'm trying not to get heated on this one. So Jeff... Like I said, we have our next lesson next week. Don't worry about it. You know, there there's some things that you do for money and some things that money doesn't make a difference. And like I said, I train people. We charge them, that sort of thing. We charge them what they can afford. You know, in Jeff's case, he's in the middle. Of, he's all the way out there, very far away from us. I'm not going to say where he's from. And he's learning with his kid. And... It's not all about money, people. I'm giving them lessons. I'm helping them out. And in one or two lessons, they'll be able to do way, way better. That's all it's, that's all it's really about. And I know for a fact that they're improving because I've seen it for myself. So no discouragement. I just told them, tune everything out. Jeff, you're listening to me. Tune those people out. We'll basically tell them where to go and just continue to do your thing. Don't worry about them. Eventually, when things get better and people, things will get better, then everyone will have a little bit more financial breathing room. And then, and only then, if you decide that you want to spend a little more money on some better equipment, go ahead and do it. If it doesn't strap you, fine, do that. But there's no reason to sacrifice the fun that you and your son can have together because some asshat says that you're shooting garbage for real people. All right. Finally, our third listener question. I'm still trying to get over that second one. Um, my daughter, Annie, has been wanting to try archery ever since she saw Brave for the first time. 
another movie one. She's only nine, but she's been nagging me about it for a while now. We had gone down to a church outing last week, and they had an archery range across from the lot, so we decided to go take a look. There was a girl shooting, and she was around my daughter's age. I asked her mom about how she got into doing it. While I was doing that, the little girl came over to us, and before I knew it, she was asking if my daughter wanted to try shooting her bow. Layla had never had so much fun. Her mom told me that they come to see you a couple times a month, and you would be in the, the person to talk to. I know exactly where this was. Um, I can't believe that this young lady was so helpful and willing to share how, her bow with my daughter, but her mom says that's all from her time with you. She said, let's see here. She said, I can't believe this. Okay, no, it's, it's okay. Let's see. She said her daughter's name was Dottie, and she's only been doing this for a few months, but it's all that she ever wants to do now. I know Dottie very well. So I guess indirectly I have you to thank for making it possible for Layla to try archery. I already made my reservation for one of those free lessons you give, but my question is how do I keep her interested? Again, people, I picked the questions out from the podcast subjects, but again, sometimes the questions become the podcast subject like this one. I know kids go through phases and I don't want to spend money on something only to find out she loses interest a few weeks later. We can't wait to see you and thanks in advance. Okay. I said, this whole podcast was about how to keep people interested, kids especially. And her concern, like I said before, is, you know, I don't want to spend this money. Sometimes money's not easy to come by, just like in Jeff's case before. I don't want to spend this money. And two weeks later, find out, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And it all goes down to how you do it, who you're doing it with. So what I'm going to say to you, Marianne, is this. Once you get started... You know, you'll decide if you want to do this. If she Apparently, she already likes it. She gets started. She The idea is to do it with people her own age. That's one. And if there's not enough people her own age, like I said, if she tells her friends about it, they're going to want to try it too. And before you know what they're doing is a little group. And I find that's more important to the, like, the 12, 15-year-old, 16-year-old teenagers because they get to do it as a group together with people their own age. Um, but also, because of the fact that, you know, you're bringing her and your starter. Um, it's also on the coach, keeping them having fun doing it. Like I said, if they're going to go ahead and they're just going to shoot paper, 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 shoot 10 yards, shoot 20 yards, it becomes monotonous and redundant. You're bringing her to me so I can tell you that we're not going to be like that. We're going to make sure that she learns and has fun all at the same time. But anybody who's listening to this is the same thing. Make sure you bring it to somebody who actually cares. Make sure that your son or daughter is in a safe place because that's just as important as anything else. And make sure that you're there with them. If you can do those things, if you make sure they go into a safe place, you're there with them through this whole thing. And that the person who's taking care of it, who's showing them, is making sure that they're growing, that they're having fun, and that they're keeping it interesting. Then there's never going to be a problem. It's when one of those three things is lacking that you find out that they all of a sudden don't want to do it. And when I look at something like that, I usually find out there's a little bit more to it. And we just take care of it. And then before you know it, they snap back and they're all good for it. Okay, so now it's time for our Don't Be That Guy segment. And I've been... You know, we have different segments of Don't Be That Guy every single episode. And 
frankly, some people listen to this podcast just to get to this part. Because I turn into a ranting, raving lunatic sometimes because some of these subjects, but whatever. So, this week's Don't Be That Guy is kind of important to me myself because it's a subject that, let's just say, really got to me over the last two weeks. But let's just start with this. You know, it's 2020, and I would have thought that in this modern day, the idea of archery being a sport for everyone would be pretty well accepted. There are women out there who can blow the doors off any guy they go up against on the shooting line. Paige Pierce is one of them. She's a professional archer. Trust me, any guy who thinks that, oh, she's a girl and I can beat her, go up against Paige. In my, in my world, some of my girls go out to the outdoor range. They will smoke anybody they go up against. Adult, child, doesn't make a difference. That being said, recently I posted that I had started training a young lady as my apprentice. I'm teaching her everything I know. I teach my students a lot about how to work on their own bows and all that, but in this young lady, she had that something, and I'm teaching her everything that I know. She's becoming my apprentice so that she can, she has her studies and her regular schoolwork, but she's going to learn how to do everything that I do, okay? Going beyond it, the well-rounded archer, she's going to learn to be a bow tech. She's going to learn how to help people, how to teach people. An apprentice, the whole thing. So when I posted that, okay, the truly ugly side of some of those guys came out and they all know who they are. And you all know that I make fun of a lot of people in my Don't Be That Guy segment. But these people have become the greatest example of the Don't Be That Guy that you could possibly ever find. They think... Okay, they think that archery is a man-driven sport, that it should only be done by guys. And then for them to find out that I had selected a young lady to become an apprentice, to learn everything, to them, the hate mail I got back was so bad. Trust me, the hate mail I returned to them was worse. So don't be that guy who thinks This is only for guys. Seriously? It's for everyone. Archery is for everyone. It's not just for the dudes, the cool dudes, whatever it is. It's for anyone out there. I don't care what or who you are. Okay? Like I said, it's 2020. You would have think that most people would have gotten their heads out of their asses already thinking that, It's only guys who can do this, that archery, hunting, whatever you want is for men only, okay? You can take that attitude and you can shove it, seriously. If a girl or a guy wants to learn how to shoot, I could care less. I will teach them. If a child wants to learn how to shoot, I will teach them. You are no person to go and say, because you're not of the same gender as me, you can't do this. I can't believe the stuff I got back from these people. And I returned fire equally as nasty. Because if they can't accept it, do yourself a favor. Get out and go find something else to do. 
The fact that I have a young lady who's extremely intelligent, got that special something, and she wants to put in all the work and all the time to learn exactly what I do so that she can teach other people and she can help other people. I mean, all my students know exactly how to fix bows, how to do everything, and how to help every, every, other, every other person out there. She's going that extra level to learn how to coach, to learn how to work on stuff, and how to spread this even further. Face it, people, we don't all live forever, okay? After I'm gone, there has to be somebody else to do it, and then they can teach someone else, and then they can teach someone else. So those people out there who think that a girl shouldn't be doing this, a girl shouldn't be doing anything in archery for that matter, yeah, like I said before, shove it. I don't care. Don't be that guy who's going to act like that, act like that in front of other people, or be a coward. Oh, yeah, this is the best part. You are a keyboard warrior. You're a coward, and we'll send those things via email from some email account you just created out there because it's not a real email account because you're too scared to say that to someone's face. So as an additional don't be that guy, don't be that keyboard warrior out there. Goes on forums, says all kinds of nasty things on there, but in real life, wouldn't say anything to anybody's face. There are too many of those people out there. And you know what? When you meet them in person, if they ever get found out who they are, and most of these people are too cowardly to ever show their real face or let people know who they really are, they're, they're idiots. Seriously, they're idiots. So, in conclusion, like I said, this is a very short don't be that guy section. Don't be that guy who thinks that just because archery is the manly sport. It is not. It's the everyone sport. That you should exclude certain people, anyone, from it at all. Because I'm going to say it like this. If that's what you got to do and that's what you want to be and you want to treat people like that, then come and see me. Because I assure you, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. And if you think you're going to get away with that in front of me, you got something else coming. And now I deflate my anger. My rant is over. It was a different type of don't be that guy. And I've got some really good ones loaded for next time, but this one had to come out like this today. And so that'll conclude this portion of the show and conclude this podcast for today. So like always, we encourage you to like, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, you can do that because you can, you're obviously listening to our podcast right now. If you have any questions, be sure to send them to highpowerarchery at gmail.com. Uh, you can visit us on our website at highpowerarchery.com. And uh, like I said, that'll do it. So it's never goodbye. It's until we meet again. So until then stay safe and shoot straight.